Wow, that's crazy stuff, Andy. Yeah, it is. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran and I'll be your host for this episode. And from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we want to thank you for your continued support. And as you can imagine, this community keeps growing every single week thanks to you, the Live from the Vault community. So thanks so much. Uh, there's a lot to talk about during these historic times and fear not because we've got the one and only Andrew McGuire. He's in the house and we're going to be talking gold here in a second. This is going to be an amazing episode, so fasten your seatbelts once again. You know, Life from the Vault gives you information, gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else. And this episode is going to be no exception. And with that, let's head over to the UK and Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire. Now, Andrew, with regards to gold and silver, man, the last two weeks in these markets seems like it's a much, much longer time. And, and for continuity... Uh, let's um, maybe, there's a lot of questions that are coming in, a lot of questions from our own subscribers, from our community. And can you start off by picking up the thread from where we left off on last episode? Yeah, you bet, uh, Shane. And uh, always a good place to start. And let's start by looking at the, um, and, and you, of course, we talked a lot about silver last time. And, and, and you'd be pleased to know that we've got some follow-up to uh, to what we were talking about. But as I start by looking at this overdone, paper-driven, knee-jerk reaction in both silver and, and uh, futures and, and, and gold futures. I don't call them silver and gold. These are like silver warrants, gold warrants floating around. But that, after CPI last week, um, we saw this big sell-off because it kind of freaked the market out. And um, they kind of uh, underbaked what Powell was planning. So in our last episode, we went out of our way to draw attention to attract the sharks, if you remember, to feed on this risk-free arbitrage opportunity in silver. Now, we'll kind of look at this closer in a moment. We'll drill, drill down into it. But I've been asked to keep this episode as understandable and non-technical as possible. Really, that's so that professional traders, you know, obviously, please bear with this because obviously it's important uh, that everybody understands. This is an educational uh, program, really. So I just wanted to be sure that we're, in, we're, we're actually encompassing something for everyone. And I want to share the enormous opportunity here for as many as possible. Everyone from a one ounce stacker to tonnage traders my objective or our objective here every week is to provide another piece of the jigsaw so that others can make better informed decisions ahead of what is undoubtedly a major historically unprecedented inflection point in both gold and silver. But as we discussed last time, it's the smaller silver market that provides the clues as well as the ignition point for a physically driven gold and silver tsunami. And we, that's why we spent so much time last time uh, looking at silver. We'll also spend some time looking at it today. But for the record, we're recording this episode just ahead of FOMC later today, which by this morning was basically 100% baking, baking in a 75 basis point rate hike 
and a, maybe around 80% baked in 100 basis point rate hike. So a lot of people are actually looking for the Fed to be extremely aggressive. Now, obviously, why would I know which option plays out? Um, uh, obviously, Powell has his own agenda and short term, as far as gold and silver are concerned, we're fully expecting the obligatory paper market volatility, uh, you know, which which on Friday you're going to see you'll be watching this on Friday. So we would expect any sell off um, following the expected really hawkish dot plot reaction that uh, we're expecting. And I think by the time we get to Friday, you'll be seeing that there's too much physical gold and silver moving into some very strong hands. So obviously expect the volatility in between. But our objective is, as always, to look forward beyond the immediate chart chatter and focus on what we're seeing play out in the all-important, unleveraged but underpinning wholesale markets. Now, once the dust has settled, net very short-term smoke and mirrors, paper market action, the house insiders have already loaded long gold against a very large, naked short speculative position into and likely front-running known pre-placed central bank and sovereign physical gold buying. Now, we know through our liquidity providers that there is very strong sovereign and central bank gold buying going on. But in silver, insiders will be fighting against some unwanted predatory money that we're sure has been attracted to the paper to physical dislocation in both September in delivery and December silver futures. Now, a Andrew, in our last episode, I think you called uh, these people sharks. It's got a lot of people's attention. Can you expand on what you're seeing? What, what are these sharks up to now? Yeah, yes, Shane, absolutely. We spent a lot of time, as we know, in our last episode, looking under the covers at what was an incredibly bullish silver futures structure following really what had just followed two weeks of automated speculative selling, um, algo selling, following the Jackson, Jackson Hole, which was on the 15th of August. And then we saw that all the way through to September the 1st, which kind of takes us into where we were uh, when we did our market commentary and, and, and how into uh, these led by the nose, inversely correlated dollar index to, to, to silver futures algos. So we're talking about silver, and we're talking about the dollar index rising, and we saw the, the, the inverse sell orders coming through in silver futures automated. The specs had been tricked into tick for tick borrowing silver, borrowing silver from the house. That doesn't seem dangerous, right? And naked short selling these silver futures warrants. So in other words, borrowing it and then selling it, meaning you have to buy it back at some point, expecting it to go to zero. Now, into, so they did this into each tick higher of the rising dollar rally. And guess who they borrowed these shorts from? Yep, the house guys. Add into the mix some Fed tweaking. And this had, by our last episode, spiked the dollar into 20-year highs. And as a result, this directional house algorithm had enabled the house insiders rigging this inverse correlation. Now, don't forget that these, these high-frequency trading bots are directional. And what they do is they trick the, the, the agnostic um, tick, trading a tick either side of, of, the, of the market, the, in, the agnostic algos, which are really the spec algos. So, but you can lead them by the nose 
by simply creating the, the environment where they will keep selling. And who's taking the other side of that, of course, as we just said. So uh, this is an inverse correlation. So it, it's that simple. And then they one to one take the long side, uh, the insiders take the long side of every single tricked in spec sell order. We've been through this multiple times, but this game has not changed. But there's some reasons why we say it's probably going to. But as we also said last time, really be careful what you ask for as a house. As we started to telegraph this usually siloed uh, to the casino, this blinkered world that has no exposure to the outside world, we, we exposed this trade, some outside money, as well as we drew public attention to the massive risk-free arbitrage opportunity that had been left by this, by this clown market trading. Um, and of course, we were seeking to attract sharks into the water. And to this end, we partly succeeded. And because there was a 20 cent per ounce, there's 5,000 ounces to a contract. So a thousand dollar, there was a 20 cents, thousand dollar profit opportunity gap to, uh, to, to, to fill. And that was closed to par since then. And if you look at the silver outperformance to gold, we did evidence a change in behavior. And the gold, as you see, you can look at the gold-silver ratio um, and, and we can see that change in behavior. But there is actually two stages to this speculative house rinse. And furthermore, now that silver's on the radar of some agnostic money, deep pocket money, insiders will have some ongoing competition. They never had this competition before. And if you recall in our last episode, we'd called a structural bottom in silver that had been likely made on the 1st of September after the specs had been tricked into capitulating every single long that they put on since the $12.50 uh, cent rally when back in June 2020, when silver rose from 17480 to 29915 And guess where it retraced to? Right to exactly that point. That's why we said there's no longs left. This is purely naked shorts at this point. And that's why it was a no-brainer into strong Indian uh, silver buying. And that, that this, was, this, is in, this is implausible that any dip below that level could even last. And the reason the silver sell-off into this level was so compelling was that every single spec long that had borrowed these warrants from the casino had finally been rinsed out. But even more compelling was that this had left nothing but naked, short, speculative positions with the house, in this case, uncharacteristically long against them. But into this clown market process, there's no other way of looking at this market other than to, to, to state that the house had exposed their Achilles heel. And we talked about that last time, too. They weren't expecting any competition in this siloed COMEX backwater. In fact, as you will recall, at no time in history had an in-delivery September contract, and even more notably, a three-month-to-delivery December contract traded at such a massive paper discount to the immediately deliverable cash market, where you could literally see the difference and, and close that difference. Uh, but if you remember, People, uh, traders could siloed to the uh, COMEX are not able to trade spot on the over-the-counter market. So this is why they had it to themselves. And that was by design. 
And this is this is exactly when last time we talked about it. We went to every single liquidity provider and also public in our Live from the Vault episode, which was very helpful, guys, seeking to attract predatory money to feed on this insider-driven anomaly, which had by the 1st of September created an unheard of but immediately risk-free, cashable, $1,000 per contract um, profit just to simply buy this December futures contract and immediately sell these contracts into the 10 times larger Loco London fixed over-the-counter delivery spot market. Now, Andrew, just before we started recording, you were we were chatting and, and you made a comment on how gold may be carving out a, a similar bottom. Can you talk to the community about this? Yeah, yeah, this is this is currently underway. And of course, we still have to endure the upcoming obligatory FOMC volatility. Uh, but notably, this week into FOMC, a very similar gold futures gap close looks very much like it's been carving out a very similar full gap close bottom. Gap closes are very important technically. So it's very similar to what, and almost identical to what uh, Silver Futures had completed uh, with its last clean out of spec longs on the 1st of September. Now, what's important about this is that by Gold Futures also closing this June 2020 gap, specs are completely blinkered to what's going on outside the ring fence casino walls. And much as this was the bottom in Silver Futures, this is exactly where the insiders are stepping in aggressively to take everything on offer that they've tricked the specs into taking. Now, with no spec gold longs left to rinse, there are none. Every single remaining spec long that rose that rode this $400 rally from June 2020, uh, from that rally trigger at 1671 through to 2090 virtually on the 7th of August, has now been fully flashed out. And this means that every, and that was happened actually uh, today, yesterday and today. And this means that every single automated strong dollar index, inversely correlated gold futures sell order is now naked short with insiders exposed to the physical gold market one to one long against them. And while specs, uh, paper-long algorithms have continued to tick-for-tick tick add naked shorts into this COMEX tail-wagging-the-physical-dog action. Central bank and sovereign physical gold buying is consistently being confirmed by our well-connected liquidity providers. In fact, all the way from 1800 gold, which is considered to be bargain territory. And even though we mither over this, this tight, tiny short-term action of looking at the charts, I mean, the, you see the, 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 each rally being sold by the specs. With regard to silver, the agnostic predatory money that we've been signaling to cash in on this risk-free rich pickings by simply buying rapidly dwindling and extremely backwardated December COMEX silver contracts, backwardated simply means cheaper than physical market, then using the EFP process and then selling them into the deliverable over-the-counter spot markets, 10 times larger market, as I say, for a $1,000 profit per contract. They've entered silver in a big way. In fact, with so much on the table and to hide their footprints, they're getting smart. They saw, we saw the last few tons sidestepping the EFP process. So 
Because really, there's nothing to stop deep pockets just buying futures and then immediately selling an equivalent amount of, of, the, uh, higher, uh, of a higher foreign exchange spot contract, just squaring the whole charade. Something insiders have never had competition on before. And that is the difference. It's important to distinguish that we're witnessing the first ever physical breach of the siloed, ring-fenced CME-LBMA cesspit, cesspit, should I say, by fully paid up outside money. They haven't borrowed anything from the casino. And while this relentless $12.50 short squeeze rally that went from 17.485 to 29.915 in June 2020, it caught the casino on the back foot, this rally was largely contained inside the casino. There's a difference. With only, because there was only 42,000 ounces or 1.3 tons actually exiting the directly related LBMA vaults. Now, Andrew, I guess that underscores like how, how much of that 1250 rally was paper driven. Yeah, Shane, you're right. And that also beggars the question. So what's really different this time? I know I can hear people saying it. Into all prior short squeeze rallies with open interest, i.e. just the volume in the COMEX, or volume largely COMEX-centric, insiders have been able to print up sufficient non-delivery warrants all the way to take the short side until they could over-leverage the longs, who are guaranteed never to take delivery, and at an inflection point or major new release, strategically call in these loans, borrowed by the specs from the casino. Now, <laughs> In the June 2020 case, insiders were able to add enough borrowed warrants, keep borrowing them, taking the, the short side to run specs out of margin, then rinse out these specs and profitably and short cover half of the rally all the way back down to 22 from 29 in September of 2020. Well, two years ago. However, the February 2021 Wall Street Silver, that was... <laughs> Just, it was a $5.50 rally. Now, come on, we think about it. We're talking about 5,000 ounces per, per contract. So $5.50 rally was a big deal. And that Wall Street silver rally from 24895 that came from uh, to it was $30.35 was, was slightly different as the market actually evidenced large physical silver uptake. With so many of the of these long silver purchases being flywheeled in unallocated form inside the directly related insider run SLV ETF. We've talked about SLV multiple times. This rally was able to be contained after BlackRock, the disingenuously and sneakily scrambled to alter the SLV perspectives perspective overnight, allowing the House, the authorised participant, uh, participants, to blatantly refuse to buy thousands of tonnes, thousands of tonnes of Comex silver, which should have been converted into physical silver on, the, on an easily accessible open market. Look, there's always a price for, uh, for you know, there's a supply-demand price for any commodity on the planet Earth. And if the ETF had fulfilled these orders, well, silvers would have easily run to well over $50. In fact, it may have gone bid only 
to meet the thousands of tons of investor demand. In fact, what it would have done was actually create a nickel-like blow-up in the SLV. And this sneaky prospectus change was issued by BlackRock in February 21, just after this rally started, warning that the fund's authorised participants who work with the issuer to create new shares of the ETF, and they, they <laughs> burn in the mine, may be unable to acquire enough of the metal and the trust may suspend or restrict, restrict issuance of baskets of shares. That's was their wording. I mean... You know, anyone else, this is the, a change to the perspectives that people had actually gone out and bought SLV based upon a perspective they had done their legal work to understand and should have resulted in a physical buy. They thought, right, if we're buying silver and they have to buy this silver, uh, what's going to happen? The price of silver is going to go up. Why? Because they're simply breaking the, they're breaking this paper bond, but they didn't. And the reason I raise this, raise this now and to really answer the question, what is different now is that unlike any other backwardation event, the bulk of this current attack on unprecedented actionable silver futures to cash market backwardations is headed up by an unnamed, a currently unnamed foreign deep pocket entity, or what should I just call them? And simply an agnostic buyer who is now competing with the insiders to take advantage of this, these unprecedented risk-free arbitrage opportunities. Now, following this, uh, the overdone non-farm perils paper to physical divergence, which is really when this whole thing started, this competing fresh money began to take advantage of the specs learned sell the rally muscle memory, which by design had historically enabled insiders to sit back and stealthily take the long side against them. Yeah, yeah, sit back, but maybe not as much as you wanted to. As the Live from the Vault members know, we had done our utmost to attract this predatory money by raising this opportunity, not just at our liquidity provided daily meetings, but also drawing attention to this risk-free silver arbitrage opportunity in our last but one September uh, Live from the Vault episode. Now, breaking it down for non-traders, the unprecedented and instantly actionable risk-free arbitrage profit evidenced this predatory money feeding on this plain vanilla $1,000 per contract profit by buying the December contract, then immediately simply cash settling 5,000 ounces at a time of, of, of FX uh, silver tranches. So in other words, just silver is a foreign exchange currency. You cannot cap it. It is simply a price. If you come in and say, I wish to square up this position, then if there's enough bid spot buyers in that market, that's not going to make any difference or much difference. Now, obviously, it has a bit of a difference because temporarily it can depress both markets. But this is a 10 times larger spot market we're talking about. And th this action both raised the price of silver relative to gold. Now, note the ratio trade, as you say, fell from a 96 to 86, which partly explains the heavier action in gold futures versus silver futures. However, the paper to physical divergence is becoming so much more noticeable and the reported central bank and sovereign demand continue in gold continues to expand this divergence. So bottom line, as we enter FOMC into the silver arbitrage process, after aggressively attacking the plain vanilla immediately cashable easy part of this of this trade 
As of today, it's square. So, but silver futures still have evidence competing money arbitraging the longer duration technical backwardations. Don't forget the easy money, yes, but there is still a technical backwardation. And these guys weren't there before. And with 11 weeks till delivery, when adding in the still the, the arbitrable carry costs, you can't say there's no carry costs to insure, transport, move, uh, you know, basically insure and, 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 and store. You, you can't say there's no cost to that for three months. Of course there is. And there is a, this contract that should be historically trading at a premium to, um, to an immediate um, spot market. There's still a very attractive risk-free profit and now the sharks are swimming outside the casino. The potential for triggering a nickel-like short squeeze is, is entirely on the cards. Now, notably, with deep enough pockets and, uh, and little risk, this competing action potentially sets up an enveloping physical horn. Think of Gata and think of the, 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 how, how they were initially talked about the enveloping horn to what they were doing, what they're doing is, is essentially creating this situation to drive a physically driven rally as it also feeds into the massive Indian and Chinese silver buyers that we've been reporting and that the mainstream media has said didn't exist until they couldn't stop reporting it recently. And with the SLV, I, I'm supposed to say trust? No, the distrust evidencing outflows both Loco London and Comex Silver is on a one-way trip out of the insider's hands. And this means simply there's far less physical silver underpinning each Comex ounce. And while specs haven't realized it yet, and still one-to-one -one naked short-selling silver futures into every single tick of the rising dollar index, Insiders are forced to take the long side to hedge this exposure, but what they can't stop is that the COMEX-centric fixed prices are being jumped on by physical buyers who understand that this upcoming tsunami of short covering is inevitable. And sitting back and simply one-to-one -one, taking the long side of every spec sell order is not enough to stem a full-on loadout, loadout meaning out the back door of the COMEX, uh, of registered silver. That's unless commercials allow the price of silver to rise. And this can, look, this is the only way they can draw some of the COMEX outflows into SLV, but this can only happen with rising prices. Now, now Andrew, you know, if these sharks have, have closed this plain vanilla risk-free silver backwardation, do you think that this agnostic money is just going to go away? Shane, Great question, and I'm sure everyone's puzzling on that exact question. The answer is actually no, as silver futures are now in non-club crosshairs, hunting for structural weakness, swimming like sharks, smelling the blood. And while the outside money has forced insiders to compete to close the immediate plain vanilla spread, which we call the EFP, it's being done well before insiders have had an opportunity to close all the SLV short, short positions, which they've accrued, which still means that there's an actionable technical backwardation to capitalize on because they're still desperate to cover these short positions. So with carry costs, as I say, to the end of November to account for, and the large real wholesale premiums being commanded over spot, there's still an easy, easy, attractive um, 10 cent or $500 
per contract technical backwardation for these guys to feed on. And they will. Also, hedges are still not returning to the COMEX to hedge anything of long duration or size due to the divergence of this EFP spread from historical norms of around, it should be about 26 cent contango. What contango just means premium to spot because of all the carry costs and, and friction. And this technical backwardation still poses them an unacceptable tail risk though, especially once the spec short squeeze is fully ignited, it will overnight revert the natural contango to these levels very, very, very quickly. So as we've discussed, this process has evidenced silver futures outperforming gold futures. This had two effects. One, it forced insiders to ring the register on extremely wrong foot naked short specs much, much earlier than they would have liked. But really, secondly, the process of closing silver longs to sell spot silver to lock in the profits has, yes, it's temporarily capped the paper side of the market because really you're closing one and you're selling another. Um, but structurally, it is creating a massive bullishly coiled silver um, uh, silver. Uh, 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 well, not contract, silver position into very strong physical market where Indian and Chinese buyers have been much more than keen to capitalize on this discount and continue to do so every single day. So for a run up to close the gap into the $27.50 March highs and beyond, tiny, tiny bit of patience needs here, guys, as it plays out. But major spec driven short squeeze has yet to unfold. And while choppy conditions are expected into FOMC, which obviously we're doing this ahead of time, once we get into next week and season really, really kicks in, the physical market will underpin the insider efforts to also add longs to offset paper-induced physical exposure. So really, to sum it all up, having already closed the June 2020 gap and exhausted spec longs, and with nothing but spec shorts remaining, silver has been the standout into this wall of spec-driven paper market selling. And while the foreign money we've been reporting has closed the immediate EFP backwardation down to par, we have illustrated how they can still actively pursue a deep technical backwardation to December. And again, as we always say, the only question remaining is how much physical gold and silver do you own? All right. Thank you, Andrew McGuire, Talking Gold. And remember to our entire Life from the Vault community, buy physical, buy physical, buy physical, and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino, paper, gold, and silver markets, and the actual gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. So there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. And please help keep spreading the word about this channel by hitting that like button, share it with everyone you know, and be sure to subscribe and hit the bell if you'd like to be notified in real time as each episode goes live. And with that, we'll see you next time right here on Live from the Vault. See you then. <laughs>